0: Hey everyone, and welcome to another edition of the AT and podcast. I am your host, Chris Booker Taylor, and I am joined here, not as always, but as sometimes, with Alex Newman, our supernatural expert. Hi, Alex.
1: <laughs> Hi. How's it going? Supernatural fan. I'm still gonna. I still want to go with fan.
0: That's fine. Yeah. <laughs> you are. You are our residential supernatural expert. Which is just the person I can find with the most information about Supernatural.
1: <laughs> that, that's a fair assessment.
0: <laughs> yeah, and I want, so right off the bat, I mean, this series finale just happened. Neither of us have seen it. There will be no spoilers in this episode. Or light spoilers? There will be no light. spoilers. Light.
1: <laughs> there will be no spoilers for future episodes, but this episode will be totally spoiled.
0: <laughs> yeah, good. <laughs> That's
1: perfect. Yeah.
0: So, uh, yeah, the, um, so yeah, how, how do you want to do this, Alex? Because I think this is such an important series for not only the WB network, but obviously for the CW as it has ran for 15 years and is just ending this year. So like since before the CW, this show was a show. And, uh, I know there were seven other shows, well, six other shows that lasted the, like the finger snap, um, you know, with the, with the infinity gauntlet of what, of <laughs> the WB network and UPN into the, I guess it's more like a force ghost going inside of something else to make it something else. So, you know, like, uh, I, uh spoilers for the end of the Skywalker saga, I guess, um, <laughs> But, like, with the WB Network and the UPN kind of becoming the CW. And, you know, that's what the C and the W stand for, are the U and the W and UPN. I mean, it, the, the C stands for CBS and the W stands for Warner Brothers. And, you know, United Paramount Network, CBS, that's all the same stuff, Paramount Pictures. Yeah. How do you want to do this?
1: <laughs> I, I guess we could just, like, kind of, like, start just... Start with the, the, yeah, start with the pilot and, uh, I guess start maybe with, uh, with the, like, creation of the show and, uh, the, all the, like, important, interesting things about the pilot that make it so great to watch.
0: Okay. So, I mean, the show was created by Eric, uh, Kerpke, who I know he wrote those Boogeyman movies. He's written a bunch of different things. He did Tarzan. Um,
1: he did the the WB Tarzan series before the... Yes.
0: And that wasn't that like a uh I don't how many episodes did that last?
1: I think it's like I feel like it was like six or seven seasons? Uh let me see. Maybe really? longer or maybe shorter than like, that.
0: Yeah, I feel like it was much shorter than that. But um like I feel like it was like a season.
1: Oh. Oh yeah, no no, yeah, you're right. I'm thinking of the the other Tarzan. The yeah, I was thinking of the, the one from, um, oh, shoot, or not even Tarzan. I think I was thinking of a totally different show, actually.
0: Oh, no problem. Yeah, uh, or because or, or, I was thinking originally of those old school, I think there are like Renaissance films shows where they were on during the day, and it was like Xena and Hercules. And, and like my head, I was getting Hercules- well, oh, I was thinking that they made one of those shows, um, but for Tarzan, like Cleopatra 2525, Jack of All Trades, those are all those sh- kind of shows. Yeah. But I think Sam Raimi helped, like, shepherd all that into existence, if I'm not mistaken. Um, Don't remember, yeah, Tarzan,
1: but that sounds right.
0: <laughs> yeah. But- I think Tarzan was just like a 2003, uh, like, you know, it was part of the 2003 Warner Brothers Network. Uh, like shows and I, I think it was only 13 maybe 13 episodes in yeah length.
1: i'm looking it up now it was short uh it says nine episodes here on imdb uh, oh wow
0: and i'm getting eight on my end and pilot is number one and then two secrets and lies three wages of sin this is just going to be a tarzan so the he WB didn't really, episode. not really he
1: didn't really do all that like much i guess and really then before like in terms of things that lasted that long i guess before this then
0: oh yeah it um doesn't doesn't really seem like it at all i mean like again like just getting a show on the air is pretty amazing so like just even just getting eight episodes with like an avril lavigne song in the pilot is pretty impressive i'd say <laughs> <laughs> for the time
1: oh yeah yeah no i mean heck, i feel like you get any show on tv it's impressive in its own sense
0: <laughs> yeah and like you know you have to imagine the pitch room how easy it is to run in there and be like tarzan and they'd be like for the wb network yeah sure it's like like sexy guy without a shirt on okay
1: <laughs> it looks like his new series is uh, is gonna do really well too and maybe stay around for a while
0: is that uh, uh the, Eric the, the Eric boys Kirk? oh yeah, yeah on amazon uh prime yeah that is uh like a powerhouse on on that end i you know i watched like the pilot and i know everyone really really loves it and for me i feel like i kind of like got it and then i don't know it, it doesn't seem i don't know i'm sure it's really great if i really gave it a shot but it doesn't It just doesn't seem like something I need right now. And the idea of, I don't know, I'm just going to be negative. I shouldn't be negative. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, I guess. Go ahead.
1: I was going to say, I I don't really know much about it. I know it's supposed to be good, but I don't have Prime. And I don't plan on getting it anytime soon. So, eh. (laughs)
0: <laughs> I mean, that's very fair. Yeah, I mean, I just think the idea of, like, look, look at all these, like, good guys. Oh, they're actually bad guys. Is a very, you know, it's a very typical TV trope. And I know that comic was written back in, like, 2000. I have the first issue. I think it was, like, 2007 or something. Because <laughs> Simon Pegg is, like, one of the characters. Like, they drew one of the characters to look like Simon Pegg. And then, you know, years later when they made the show, he plays one of their uh, fathers because he's too old at that point because of cause, cause time i can keep going <laughs> damn it time yeah uh also travis Femel was tarzan in that uh in that tarzan wb network series
1: yeah I really looked into the the tarzan series i don't know how many like crossover people will end up working on uh on supernatural from that not seeing anyone.
0: This would be a good like show to to kind of dive into if I can find the the episode somewhere. I mean, there's only 8 episodes. Yeah. That'd be good if it's hidden on Hulu somewhere or something like that. It should be on HBO Max if anywhere, right?
1: But Mitch Pilecki's in it from X-Files. So Oh, nice. There's uh there's a little bit of uh already that uh X-Files uh or
0: <laughs> yeah now you've seen the x-files um like the i know a lot of the old fox tv shows when they were shepherded and they were there was the same um he, he just left wb actually wb tv but the same guy that like helped shepherd in uh the x-files also like Help, co like not create but you know he was the a studio exec behind like buffy the vampire slayer for fox which then helped establish the wb network brand so like he helped bring in the x files and buffy and then supernatural and you know what the wb cw like branding really is i think that like this show in particular supernatural is like if like the most like masculine like version of the WB network brand, if that even makes any sense, because you know a show doesn't necessarily have to be for that gender, like based off of the gender of the uh, main characters.
1: Yeah, and and like it's it's their. Uh, I think it's it'll be the show that like they'll they'll probably, I guess, be most remembered for for quite some time. I think. Um, definitely yeah
0: it seems like what they're most proud of honestly
1: i mean because it's just it's just done it's done so well it has such a big fan base and i mean it's i mean it's a consistently good show and more so i mean and i love the x-files and it can x-files has i think a lot has more great episodes okay yeah but this show is more consistently good Um, that's great and the the bigger story arcs while i still think they kind of devolve into some nonsense at a certain point in time yeah they're a lot more coherent than any of the main x-files story which like you can like spend all day arguing with people online or whatever but like it's nonsense it's it's interesting but it's nonsense it's <laughs> yeah. He's like clearly just making shit up as he's going along and there's no no end game inside.
0: Yeah. I yeah, again, I haven't seen X Files, I haven't seen Supernatural, so this is really fascinating for me because I have watched like Buffy and Angel, and I think those shows were really thought out in their beats season to season, and sometimes uh they'll you know, they'll bring back older ideas. And I think that's always really cool, like how they're able to uh, do that so well. And like, they always justified the conceit so well. So like the conceit would be like, I want Buffy to have a sister, you know, like that's what like the, the creator says. And Joss Whedon, of course, (laughs) and, 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 you know, everyone's like, but she doesn't have a sister. He's like, well, we'll take the entire season and we'll justify like why she suddenly has a sister in this, in this show. And I just think that's really cool in a way that, like, you know, like, you want to do something really crazy and dynamic with the show. Uh, so, like, you have to find a way to justify it in your mythology and, like, you justify the conceit of the storytelling of what you want to do. Yeah.
1: I think later on in the, the series, they do some really neat stuff with that in terms of, like, really, like, expanding the show. And X-Files does, too. I mean, this this show could not be more of, like, a mirror image of, of X-Files. Yeah. Um, But with more, with more structure, with more like, goals toward the end. Um, That's really great. And more about, I don't know, they're also kind of about very different things. Like Supernatural, like a lot of people would like, probably argue that it's more about family. Yeah. uh, Than it, than like, solving mysteries, or finding out like, you know, the answer to, uh, what happened to, uh, Mulder's sister or whatever. Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, and yeah, in that way, it's a lot easier to like really fall in love with a lot of different characters. Like X-Files would bring back characters and, and you kind of fell in love with some of the, the surrounding characters as well, particularly like people like Mitch Pelegi and stuff. Um, but in this there's a lot there's a larger padre kind of of, of characters that, that you can really like fall in love with and again, that have like very clear character arcs. Um and also does a really good job of calling back to things.
0: That's really great. I love when they do that in, in these shows. And like they you know, they bring back a character or some some plot point you thought they forgot about and they they pull it back in in and, and such a creative and unique way. I really love when they do that.
1: Yeah, and this, uh, Supernatural definitely does that well. Um, and again, it definitely, it does it really well within a lot of the confines of the seasons. Um, the show definitely starts off, again, a little bit more like X-Files in the sense that it's, it has a lot, it is a little more episodic in nature near the beginning where it is it is more like here's a story episode, here's a couple episodes where maybe there's a little bit of story, but it's mostly just here's a weird mystery and a monster and, you know, solve for X or whatever. Um, Oh, for
0: sure. That's even what Angel did really well. Like, but you know, Buffy was more about like the emotional, um, like, the emotions of going to high school, at least that's what the show initially was, but like put into a monster of the week. So like, you know, does, like, I'm uh, trying to, like, oh, I, like, I have stage fright for going on stage for the show, and then, you know, the, the idea of that stage fright turns into the monster of the week, so you really get that emotional kick from the the episode-to-episode thing that's just embedded within that episode.
1: I would, and I would say that, like, this, both of, both of the, sh- the shows, like, all four of these shows, like, are, are, have like a lot of like good comparisons in that kind of level. Um like they they typically do a very good job of matching up the the monsters or the problem with the 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 specific character problem of the two characters and it grows up with them, which is it's it's something that's like kind of nice cuz they're, you know, they're they're not kids but they're like 26 and like 23 or 24 <laughs> yeah. or, you know, they're in their like Mid to early mid and early twenties, and like you really do like you you get to watch them grow up as as well throughout the series in a way that you don't really see. uh Oh, you do now because they brought the X Files back, but you didn't really see that in the same kind of way with with the X Files. But you did see that in, in Buffy some. Um, yeah, it was- not as much an Angel because again Angel was already a little bit older.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I mean you I mean you had when you had Cordelia come over and um you know, you had a couple characters come over to Angel and they grew up cuz I think I mean, my favorite character on the show was Wesley. And I don't know if you've seen all of Buffy and Angel.
1: I've seen all of Buffy. I've seen a lot of Angel. I think I may have probably seen <laughs> all of it just like incidentally, but I've never watched it start yeah. to finish. But Buffy I okay. have it's been a long time well yeah when there's like a lot of episodes
0: yeah when wesley is introduced on buffy he's a very uh like you know nervous and silly character that's like i've seen two vampires once in closed circumstances and then by the by the end of his story arc in angel he's like had his throat slit because he steals a baby and then like the love of his life like dies, but then like her carcass turns in like is used to like encase like a a goddess, and then the goddess like pretends to be his uh his like dead girlfriend as he's dying to give him some like remorse and like a last moment with her, even though it's not her anymore it's this god inside of this body <laughs> this dead body
1: so spoiler for angel
0: yeah by the way yeah uh but like again that that emotional like kick you know that they that they pull with these shows i just think is like really incredible and seeing like what you were saying seeing these characters age and and go through uh like these entire like these entire arcs are just it's just really cool the
1: supernatural it's like one of the things that i like and it- I'm not sure if he actually left after the third season as like, but so like the first it does, it has like a few arcs within the show and the first three seasons make up the the first arc um, that the, the creator and writer. So like, it really helps too, because like you kind of get, you kind of get like a, an arc and the characters kind of reset in a sense. And you're like, okay, now we're starting over with the character like this. What kind of new problem are they going to have? And it does a really good job of continuing that, and again, it devolves a little bit into nonsense at a certain point in time, but for a long time it stays really solid nice, yeah, I guess like one of the reasons to like keep connecting it to like x files and honestly like Buffy and angel too in the in the in, the, in the, a lot of sense. Cause, uh they all have a lot of connections to like these kind of monster of the week movies uh to like kolchak which i don't know if eric kripke ever saw um but like his original pitch was really similar to uh or not did i say that right is it kolchak yeah kolchak the night stalker <laughs> hmm. this is a series um in the 70s uh they made a couple of movies too that are like really good uh with uh Darren McGavin, the the father from Christmas Story, okay, um, and he's uh he's like a uh, a writer, like a beat writer, I guess, uh, or an investigative writer who investigates supernatural things. Essentially, like Kripke's idea was basically this the same thing, except that they go from like city to city and uh you know there's one in every in a new city every week um that's cool and then it evolved i don't remember exactly I've, I've listened to an interview with him talking about it before but essentially though like over time that kind of evolved into something more like um the the more of the like brothers uh the more into the buddy buddy thing yeah oh I was going to say which like that then, you know, connected it kind of to X-Files, and he had already worked uh, on the Tarzan show. Um, and so they, they still had um, you know, they still had all the, the stuff for X-Files up in Vancouver and everything. Um, even though they didn't shoot the pilot, they actually shot the pilot in LA to save money before, because you know, it hadn't been picked up yet, and they knew that they would be yeah. shooting it later. Um but then, yeah, they got all these people from the X-Files <laughs> to come and, and really make make the show. Um,
0: That's so great.
1: So, like, the director who did the pilot, David Nutter, and he did a whole, I think he did a whole handful of episodes, too, in the, the first few seasons. But he, he was one of the, I mean, he started his career on the X-Files. <laughs> That's so great, yeah. <laughs> and And also worked on some of these other, I think.
0: Hey guys, quick note from the editor of this episode right now. Um, I'm I'm Chris Buka, coming from the future. And I'm just here to say that Alex's audio cut out for a second, but he did say that David Nutter directed other CWWB network TV pilots. Now take it away, Chris, from the past. Oh, wow. So he, yeah, because that name sounds very, very familiar. Yeah, so I mean, you know, they say that when you do a pilot of the show when you direct a pilot your it's your vision then for the rest of the series like it's how what you establish as the color tone and you know the angle everything that you do as a director um then has to be duplicated for the rest of the series so like really Nutter like is establishing this like it's almost like I gonna say darker brand but it's it really is establishing that like w b network c w network um brand
1: yeah and i i think it is it's a little bit it's like that darker dramatic his he does he likes to use like the muted kind of the more muted colors and he he tends to use a like a lot of low lighting and it, he makes things look more filmic, which was one of the the big uh i mean that was like one of the big things about x files when it came out it was, people were a lot of people were just really impressed by the fact that the tv show looked like a movie like at that point in time people did not do tv shows where they did not light characters or they did not light the whole set (laughs) so like actually having it look like a movie was was a really big deal and like i don't know how much if he was necessarily a part of that uh for the x files i just don't know if he was there at the beginning of that show um mm-hmm. i know he i know that's where he started um but either way the fact that he was a part of of that of part of that type of shooting and having to to follow uh that type of uh filmic shooting it man it really makes to the like that it really makes the pilot shine like i mean it looks like a movie you get you get big sweeping uh, crane shots that come in. You you have big ass explosions. Like, uh, oh man, there's a, there's a wonderful scene. Uh, the it's one of the it's it's a it's a great pilot scene because it's it's all exposition. It's the dialogue is nothing other than just telling you the information you need to know. <laughs> but because he shoots it on this like wonderful stairwell but it has all these lines and this like soft lighting. It makes like a, a, a like a scene that would like normally be very boring uh in a lot of pilots like just really good and like really memorable. Um
0: and nice. Yeah, yeah.
1: And this Oh, go ahead.
0: Just the makes it stand out. Oh, just going to say makes it stand out amongst uh, like you said like the the sitcoms that are just like full on like all lighting because i was just watching the fresh prince of yeah. bel-air reunion on on hbo <laughs> max and uh they you know they showed that one scene when will is like sitting in the on the couch and he's like if we're so rich then why can't we afford no like ceilings and you know the, it pans up the camera and you just see like a bunch of lights on like up there you know they break the fourth wall sometimes
1: <laughs> it's funny <laughs> yeah uh
0: yeah but just that like yeah we're again that that uh that style the the directing style that has established this like wb network brand through supernatural smallville and um yeah peter roth also was the fox and then uh wb tv like dude in charge that helped curate all you know all like the x-files and supernatural and smallville and You know, all of the Greg Berlanti stuff. And Greg Berlanti? Greg Berlanti stuff. And um, all of the uh, Chuck Lorre stuff at CBS. Because that's all Warner Brothers TV as well. Hence why Big Bang Theory is also on HBO Max. (laughs) Back to Supernatural.
1: Oh, that makes sense. I was going to say Peter Roth was involved in Supernatural too, obviously. Um, Yeah. Like, I think think i remember this correctly i think he actually is the one who who helped cast uh jensen ackles actually
0: okay who plays dean winchester one of the yeah. two brothers dean and
1: sam <laughs> sam
0: winchester played by jarek padalecki yes oh well i mean talking about peter roth because jensen eckle ackles is originally he was on smallville before he was on um before it was cast in supernatural and he was he played jason teague and it's a character who this is just a classic trope in these shows i think they do it on gossip girl um he met lana lang and fell in love with her in paris when she was studying abroad
1: (laughs) Uh, yes (laughs) the the study abroad love interest (laughs) (laughs)
0: <laughs> exactly who who then like comes to town and becomes like a like a coach on the football team <laughs> i think that's what happens on smallville again i i'm not a smallville a- expert alex wilson is the smallville expert maybe we can ask him next week
1: <laughs> um, but yeah yeah they uh and then yeah and then uh they both were on uh network shows weren't they because wasn't he on Gil Jared Padalecki was on didn't he have a on Gilmore girls right he had like a recurring character yeah
0: they yeah they both had previous WB network shows I'm pretty sure yeah that he was on I think he was on like the first season or second season and then he um I think he's in the movie like the or sorry not movie I guess I don't think it I think it's a four episode like mini series that takes place after the show. Basically they made a new four episode season that uh, Netflix made uh, because Mark Pedowitz was outbid for it on the CW. But uh, this week, actually it's going to be airing that, that four episode thing, which I think he's in is going to be airing on the CW. Cause again, they they don't have any content right now cause COVID. But yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um... So, and then he's and then he's also um, gonna, um, cause you know once they were finishing up Supernatural, he actually filmed the pilot for Walker, you know the new Walker Texas Ranger show for the CW, where he plays uh, Walker. I guess Cordell Walker is his full name. I never knew that.
1: I didn't. I did not know that either.
0: <laughs> yeah, but also his real wife uh, Genevieve Padalecki. Um, is going to play Emily Walker on the show, which I would hope is his wife on the show. Like, I hope she's not playing his sister or something. But maybe. She's, I don't know. She
1: has played his his wife before. Uh, oh, nice. Like, minor, I guess, maybe minor spoiler, I suppose. But, I mean, she does, yeah, show up in Supernatural. But it's not really a spoiler. The more I talk about it, the worse it she, gets, actually. She shows up. She plays a she cat. She shows up later.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> um, um, Jinx. Go ahead. <laughs> I was just going to say, uh, <laughs> yeah, that just like there are just so many X Files uh, connections, and, and like this this show is very much like brought about from, uh, put together by so many people that all worked on on this network already. Um,
0: yeah, it's really cool. But. He, it seems so natural for this show to have been, to happen, you know?
1: Yeah. And it really, like, I really, I I really do in a lot of ways feel like it it is kind of like a, a, the like successor to the X-Files to a lot of the, the like kind of procedural story monster of the week shows. I think it's, yeah. I mean, I don't think there's another show right now out there that really fulfills this quite as well as this show does
0: no there was one show on nbc that the co-creator david greenwald of angel he made for nbc i don't know what studio it was that that was the network it was on and what was it called it was just one word um and and i feel like it was another monster of the week show Mm -hmm. um grim
1: oh yeah
0: yeah. And that was 2011 to 2017. So, um yeah, I I've, I've never watched that show, but it it seems like it might have a similar uh vibe to obviously Angel which he co-created and and maybe Supernatural. Seems more blue while Supernatural seems a little more red-tinted to in in my eyes. I don't know if that makes any sense.
1: <laughs> I don't I, yeah, I don't know. I haven't seen enough of Grimm. I've only seen a few episodes and I don't really remember them that well
0: i haven't seen any of them so i yeah that that's the only thing i can think of that would be even remotely close to like a monster of the week show but again like this show just seems like such a natural fit for like how it came about and like the peter roth of it all um makes so much sense you know
1: yeah and just continuing that kind of the kind of like camaraderie of the the of x-files with like you know a little bit more of the like sex appeal of the two main younger characters.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. And, like, even as they're aging, they don't seem like... They they seem like they could be playing vampires if they want to, because, like, I mean, I, like maybe they have more baby faces in the first season, but, like, I think they got them at such an age where they basically can look the same uh, throughout it, without having gray hair or anything.
1: <laughs> yeah, they definitely look you could definitely tell, but yeah, um, they have both aged very well.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But I 15 years to live with a character is a really long time. And that's a really like special thing that TV can give us. And I yeah, 15 seasons. Is amazing. That's just such an amazing accomplishment.
1: I mean, and, and, and the fact that they've been able to like, really just, uh, I don't know the fact that they've been able to like, keep it fresh and that, Essentially, like, they've been able to keep it going just because fans are like, yeah, let's let's do another one. And the actors are like, yeah, we love doing this, so let's keep doing it.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, um, why not? I also think that Jensen Ackles is on The Boys now as well. So Krip, Kripke, like, brought him along with them.
1: Oh, <laughs> I, yeah, that that makes sense. Uh, yeah, that makes a lot of sense.
0: If I can go back to to the Joss Whedon of it all, uh, there's a character on Supernatural named Crowley.
1: Yeah.
0: (laughs) He's played by Mark Shepard, and I feel like the character is very similar to a character he plays in Firefly named Badger. I don't know if you've seen that or remember that at all.
1: Oh my god, I'm trying to remember... Uh, I, f- I think it's
0: in the pilot, um, I don't think it's the second episode, I think it's the train heist episode. I think he's in the pilot of Firefly. And I don't think he's in the movie.
1: Yeah, I don't remember him in the movie. Um, yeah,
0: And I think the character is based off of Joss Whedon, so the character probably cheats on his wife a lot. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that, that, that seems like he's been on Supernatural, was he on the in- entire run, or i guess without i don't know if like that's a spoiler if if he wasn't <laughs>
1: no uh, he's he's not um but he becomes a He is one of the the character he's one of the guys who becomes a main character Um that's cool and he doesn't come in till quite a bit later uh like oh wow like four or five seasons in oh wow yeah okay yeah.
0: For some reason, I remember like the there was like an article that was like, he's in he's he's Badgers and Supernatural, and it was like basically like you know, um, saying that this actor he's what I just said he's playing a similar role, but it's a you know in, in a in like a not a sci-fi series, well, Monster of the Week series. I mean, I guess it's not sci-fi. It's just more. Supernatural. <laughs>
1: yeah, it really is. And like it, especially late as it gets later on too, because then it becomes much more spiritual. Not like religious, yeah. but like, yeah. But Mark Shepard, also yeah. another guy who was in X Files.
0: Okay, uh, wow. Yeah. So that makes sense. That's probably where Joss pulled him from for
1: Firefly. Yeah, he had been in a few. He had been in, like episodes of a handful of like, like uh, different TV shows. By the the X Files, he was in Star Trek Voyager. Uh,
0: oh, nice! So he, in he, he was working. He was working pretty yeah. consistently. That's good. I remember and, watching. Oh, go ahead.
1: Oh, let was just say and doing some sci-fi stuff too already.
0: Yeah yeah he's kind of staying in the you know the sci-fi spiritual uh realm of of film of filmmaking
1: <laughs> yeah the the first episode uh, doesn't actually the pilot uh in terms of like kind of the, like the more popular characters doesn't feature all that many anymore <laughs> oh wow time has has uh yeah, a lot of the, the like more popular characters now are actually characters that were uh not introduced right at the beginning.
0: Uh That's pretty wild.
1: Yeah, I and, mean I
0: mean the the wild thing is like the like you you even though they weren't there from the beginning, you still have this deep emotional connection to them and they're they're just as if they were there from the beginning and that sort of seems like to you. <laughs>
1: yeah and they they become so important i mean they have their own episodes essentially and everything too um
0: that's really great
1: which yeah i like it when when a show gets again when a show is good enough with its extra characters and and stuff that they can have their own episodes uh and you don't even need you don't even need the main guys
0: <laughs> yeah uh so i have i have the some i have the list of proposed spin offs and successful i guess technical spin off and a whole a slew of other uh extra um terrestrial terrestrial no just uh, extra what word am i thinking of um just extra stuff in the universe expanded universe content that's a better way to say it i guess <laughs> um of of supernatural. Um I don't know if you want to delve more into the pilot of the series.
1: Yeah, I could man, I could I can definitely talk more about the pilot. Let's see. Where where should I start? Okay. Uh oh, okay. So like fade in. Yeah. So like okay, we've been talking about synergy and about how the show was like it it's such a natural follow-up to all these other uh shows in the network and everything already and it, It's so connected to all of them. Uh, Yeah,
0: and Buffy also ended in 2000... Oh, no, 2003, right? Oh, so Angel ended in 2005. Uh, And then Supernatural, like, went, like, kept going, you know?
1: And I'm trying to remember exactly when X-Files ended the first time. (laughs) Yeah. I think that was in... I feel like they
0: brought it back twice and also had those two movies
1: yeah in the original run though and it ended in 2002 okay so this is just a few years after um yeah so all these other shows yeah were were ending or are had just ended up um and then he wrote this this uh this pilot that like man it has just a ton of great synergy from like the it just establishes, and it establishes so much synergy in the show for the whole future of the show. Um Again, I'm going to try to go through, like, without any, like, real spoilers or anything. Um Yeah. But, like, we're in, or, like, not to, spoilers for later episodes. I'm going to spoil things for this. <laughs> um For sure. But, I mean, so, in terms of that synergy, like, the the whole like episode is about like the like duality of of like the cold black and white. There's uh, kind of establishing this good and bad and the these uh, two and the two brothers. Okay. And they're doing and they they're like you know, it's the whole it is very much again, it's synergy, it is like the Scully and Mulder, which they even legit make a joke to uh, about like a third of the way through the episode. <laughs>
0: That's great. Like, they had to do it. Yeah. They, they had no choice. Yeah,
1: exactly. They're they're pretending to be uh, FBI agents, and they, they happen by two actual agents, and of course, you know, reference them. <laughs>
0: um, That's really great.
1: As well as, like, one of the main... Again, one of the, like, main characters in the episode. Like, uh, not even a recurring character or anything, um, but uh, Steve Railsback from... Oh god, he's been in tons of movies and and everything. Um but he was also a, a an important character in X-Files. Uh Nice. Playing the the uh the husband of the the woman in white in the episode. Um
0: Okay. He's not the cigarette smoking man.
1: <laughs> no, no. Um
0: That's like one of the only things I know and that like they predicted nine eleven in an episode of not the X Files, but its spinoff.
1: Oh yeah, the uh, lone gunman. Uh, yeah, but so this episode mostly just again it, this this episode's is great uh, in the sense of like we've talked about before how like a lot of people would say this show is about like family, and this episode is definitely like a good a good pointer for that, being that it's the pilot. And the whole pilot is, the, the like only real characters that you're going to see uh, later on in the show from this pilot are all family. It's the, the two brothers and their father and their mother. Um, and then, like, oh man, this episode's so good. Um, so the, the episode <laughs> begins with, with uh, the mother uh, burning to death? Oh, okay. it's, a really, it's a really great effect. Um, and you see you see the back of the big bad guy for the first three seasons in the episode. Nice. But that's all you see of him. Um, and he's really important. He's not even listed in like any of the uh, character cast lists or anything. They kept him off of it. Even still now, he's still not listed or anything, which is kind of cool.
0: That's that's really neat.
1: Um, but, uh, so we see, you get to see him briefly, uh, and get some indication that he wants something to do with Sam, the younger, uh, brother. And so like, okay, from here, we just get, everything is, is synergy and, and, uh, symmetry of the, these two characters, uh, and they're, they're opposite paths that are always going to keep bringing them together. Um, and so, you know, fast forward to, like, 20 years later, and Sam is about to graduate, uh, or has just graduated, and is about to get into law school. And so he's, you know, he's smart, and he's uh, meticulous. Um, mm mm-hmm and you know he's, he wants to be like a lawyer and he's like yeah. and his brother is dopey and loud and doesn't change and isn't dumb by any means necessarily but uh is not as quick-witted uh and so then it's just the everything about it from like here on out is like it, it's putting them in in different different lights even even to the sense of like the actual like lighting design are like um like some some very simple things uh like when they're driving back in the car one headlights out and one lights on in one side and the lights and the lights are off on the other just this whole black and white these two different sides this like yeah symmetry and synergy so cool um, yeah, i love that and so like they just uh and even though the woman in white episode or the woman in white who's the 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 first bad guy which uh they they get rid of in an unconventional way which again sets up the whole show and that uh sam's oh that's cool sam is the the smart one who helps get rid of and and figure out new ways to to deal with these monsters and dean just shoots everything and it's gonna mm. kick its ass and keep plunging head first until <laughs> something works yeah. um, which you even get a little bit in, in like so this the woman in white is the whole idea of like the woman who um uh finding out some horrible news and hysteric and hysterics like kills her children and then kills herself uh wow, and then is is like trapped, like and and tries to like trap people, um. Like the idea, I think, generally is to trap uh, uh men who are unfaithful.
0: Okay, uh, so Joss Whedon, for instance.
1: Oh yeah, yeah, would would get him for sure. um <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> I considering the 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 woman they cast and everything, it seems very Joss Whedon I'm sure that he totally mm. would. Um, don't <laughs> yeah. sue us Joss Whedon we don't necessarily hate you but you haven't done a lot of good you've done some bad things um, <laughs> yeah
0: you you have to atone for these sins I'm sorry <laughs>
1: and they're just so public um,
0: <laughs> yeah
1: doesn't help you yeah uh, <laughs> But also,
0: the saddest thing I've ever read was his letter to his wife about being a toxic male, and I was just like, "I love your re- I love your writing, Joss Whedon, and I'm reading this. This is like p- pathetic. Wow. Ah, uh, yeah,
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. But anyway, <laughs> um, but they even do a, a great job with that, and that uh, they're they're plowing through trying to oh you know what I, I skipped an important thing so the whole reason dean even comes back into sam's life so sam's not with his family anymore dean comes back mm-hmm. in because their father is missing they're like oh here we go this is like the beginning of like their actual journey that's the the catalyst for this this uh this whole journey that the whole story that they're going on is that yeah. their father's the inciting is now, yeah incident yes yeah, exactly. Their father is now missing, and so that becomes like the 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 reason for why they go on this journey to find this the get rid of this woman in white. Um,
0: it's great. It's a great
1: reason. Exactly. Um, and again, family. So they lost their mother. They had to grow up fighting monsters. Sam wanted to get away from it. Then the father goes missing, so they have to get back together. <laughs>
0: Yeah, it's great. And
1: they're the you know, and again, they're an unlikely they're that unlikely duo. Um and uh but even the way they deal with the woman in White is great. So, uh Sam ends up getting trapped by her. Um and he's trying to figure out different ways to get rid of her cuz uh they're they're you know, they're on the they're trailing their father. And so they're trying to deal with the figure out what he was dealing with. And this is what he was dealing with when he disappeared. Okay. So uh, to you know, find their father, they're going to need to solve this mystery first, which they, they do it in a less hackneyed way than I'm making it sound. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah,
1: it's actually done much, much better. Um, and again, a lot of the exposition in the show, because it's so well shot, um, comes off a lot better than it would. I think, in a a lot of other shows. Um, Yeah. But even, so even the way they deal with this woman in white, again, is like a great example of like, their their differences, as well as like the fact that they need each other. So Sam gets captured and he's, he might die, he might not make it. Dean comes in just shooting his gun. Now, is it going to kill this ghost or even harm it? No.
0: (laughs) (laughs) not even close. Not even close. But it... He probably just gets like hit back from it and then falls every episode, I'm sure.
1: Well, no. So like uh well, he you know, he does have a great pratfall in the episode. Um they they actually they, the the comedy bits are are quite well done and most often do involve some sort of physical humor and usually something bad happening to Jensen.
0: Oh man. <laughs> that that That's is great.
1: definitely a common thread. Um, but like uh, but his shooting though uh, him shooting the gun gives Sam enough time to figure out the answer to figure out how to get rid of this woman in white without killing without having to uh, so like with Ghost in the show the show has a very like cemented um, mythology with how they deal with monsters which really gets put in place as it goes along there's not a lot yeah, in the was... first episode about it, um, but they really do like, like hammer down like 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 rules that they kind of follow. Like I think Buffy does that really well too. Um, yeah,
0: for sure. I think um, also uh, there's like the oh the the three other shows um, like Vampire Diaries universe is interesting because they do establish rules. And then they want to do something else, so then they just do it, and then they like establish new rules, and it's it's very interesting how that show. Works. I think that they have some really deep mythology happening over there too, in a very interesting, weird way. But I think what you're saying is more like the Buffy way, for sure.
1: Yeah, and it gets a little bit less again as the like later on in the show, but like, for the for quite a while, it is it is very very consistent. Um, that's great very but very little actually in this episode about it um but usually the way they get rid of like ghosts or whatever is uh or like uh spirits or whatever is they just get rid of the body they burn the body or whatever so they instead of looking for the body in this one by doing a little bit of research because sam's a smart guy gonna be a lawyer he figures out that uh uh that the the woman she doesn't the the woman in white doesn't want to go back to her house and the reason she doesn't want to go back to her house and, uh is because her kids that's where she drowned her kids and so oh wow taking uh her back into there the kids the spirits took her spirit with them wow um, which uh they did a really good job of special effects in the show which uh, it's it's hit or miss at times, but most of the time it's pretty good. Uh, and a lot of like, a lot more they do a lot more real effects so, uh, a lot less CG again, that changes later on mm-hmm. uh, but in the, fir- the earlier episodes, it's really good the fire effects for when his mother dies uh, and then later, again symmetry so the the end of the episode ends with Sam's girlfriend, who we just met very briefly, dying in the mm-hmm. exact same way her mother did. Oh, wow. So the episode begins and ends with essentially the same thing. And, again, more sen- symmetry and synergy. So after the mother dies with their kids, they, the father goes crazy and immediately starts, starts his uh, vengeance against all things that go bump in the night well oh wow so too does his girlfriend's death uh inspire sam in a really you know kind of like classic again very filmic uh moment to to you know go go off looking for his father with his brother and yeah with one it has like one of those really great uh from the a trunk of a car shots you know where he's like yeah you know let's go do this and like slams the trunk down Um, I, I love that yeah great and it really does it has like there actually is a deleted scene too which if you can, like if you watch the episode I'd say it's worth like looking up because there's like a little thing in the the cut pilot that uh just would have been a nice thing because there's a Again, moment of symmetry. So, like, there's a, a cut scene where Jensen uh, Dean realizes that something is wrong, mm-hmm. and goes goes back to save Sam. Um, and very, essentially, like, his mother kind of did the same thing, um, or not his mother. His father kind of did the same thing to save them. Uh, in the past, well, that's cool. So, in the opening sequence, uh, and,
0: Symmet- symmetry and, and synergy.
1: Yeah, and Jeff Jeffrey Dean Morgan is the father, and he he, wow. he comes back quite often. He's really good. I mean, you know, he's he's a, a pretty like veteran TV actor, and um, for sure, also you know, film actor as well. Um, yeah, I mean he's really good. I mean he really yeah. brings a like a a certain um uh, I don't know the right word for it gravitas almost to the show.
0: For sure. Yeah. I mean that that's why they put him in in things is to add that gravitas to a show like they did with The Walking Dead. Although yeah. I didn't watch those seasons, but it seems like they wanted to put new life into the show. They added him in there. And you know he's the comedian in in Watchmen.
1: Yeah. Yeah, and also, I mean, he was also in Grey's Anatomy for a long time. He's one of the His, main he's characters. Denny. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
1: In the early, it was like season two and three, I think, or something like that. It's A long time. Yeah, I ago think now. he
0: keeps coming back to her, uh, for sure. And her, I think it's actually uh, Liz, Lizzie, her character Izzy. There you go. <laughs> Who is. Catherine Heigl, who also plays Izzy in Roswell, boom.
1: Well, and he was also in an episode of Angel.
0: I don't even remember that. Uh, what? Because, like, you know, I watched Angel before I really knew. You know, before he really established himself. So I, I would, I would have probably the next time I saw him would have been like that's the guy from Angel. But I remember when he was cast in Watchmen and or I saw like the first like screenshot of Watchmen with him in it. And I was really confident that it wasn't like I was really confident that it was Robert Downey Jr. and not Jeffrey Dean Morgan, again, someone who I didn't really know yet. And I I guarantee like if you go back and look at the comedian, I feel like. Jeffrey D. Morgan's definitely giving off like a Robert Downey Jr. vibe in that movie, or in some of the shots of him. I feel somehow. like
1: I thought the same thing, but I thought he was someone else, <laughs> not Robert, not Robert Downey Jr. though. But like that's
0: hilarious.
1: I still didn't realize who he was. Hold on, I gotta find it.
0: Robert Downey Senior, Robert Downey the Third. You thought? <laughs>
1: Man, oh, I... no i I thought he was yeah. <laughs> i do i remember i remember who i thought he was but i'm now kind of embarrassed to say it
0: (laughs) angelina jolie uh
1: (laughs) i I thought he was benicio del toro
0: okay yeah i mean totally benicio del toro would have been a great comedian he would have been
1: i i remember thinking that though when i first saw him though (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah. And then realized, like, finding out, oh, that's somebody else that I don't really know. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but now, again, Jeffrey D. Morgan, we know so well, and he brings that extra sauce to whatever he's in, which is really cool. Because, again, there's a plethora of other things. I, he's also Batman's dad in Batman versus Superman, right? I haven't seen that. <laughs> Says the guy who has a Warner Brothers podcast.
1: <laughs> I mean, he, yeah, he definitely stayed in, in like the Warner Brothers, uh, realm. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, you're right. Multiverse. He's Bruce Wayne's father. Yeah.
0: (laughs) Yeah. I think people are thinking that if they do a flash, um, or like they were originally going to do, um, for the Andy Muschietti's, the flash, you know, they're going to do Flashpoint. And so originally people were like, oh, if they're gonna do Flashpoint, they're obviously gonna get Jeffrey Dean Morgan back to play. Um, I guess he plays Batman because in Flashpoint uh, Bruce dies, and then his spoilers for Flashpoint. But I feel like a lot of us like know this already. But um, he uh, like the father then becomes Batman. And there's something else. I guess I don't have to spoil the other part, but the other part's really cool too. <laughs> Make of it what you will. But yeah, so people are thinking that like he would come back and you would see his version of Batman as well, but I don't think they're going to do that now Now that Annie Muschietti's there. And and Annie Muschietti's basically like, this is our multiverse movie, so get Michael Keaton on the phone, get Ben Affleck on the phone. I want to have as many Batman in this movie that's called the Flash, as physically possible.
1: <laughs> it's making me think of that. The uh, I think it was from Unbreakable. Kimmy Schmidt. The Spider Man. Two. Too many Spider Mans, or something. Yeah, too, yeah. There are too many Spider Mans.
0: <laughs> go ahead. Yeah.
1: I don't remember. I, I don't it's remember just, exactly.
0: I think it is plural. There's too many Spider Mans. It's like it's like so funny. Yeah. <laughs>
1: spider-man
0: 2 too Too many spider man yeah it's so funny yeah i love that and they have don't they have iron man basically in that as well Uh, and uh, i don't something like that i can't remember that that first season's so funny of that show though like it had me crying some of the stuff on that carol Kane, like she's so funny oh my gosh yeah i really
1: like that show i I didn't, it, it got to, um, when Tina Fey actually got on the show was when it started becoming less good to me. It it just, it became totally silly. Whereas, like, it started off, like, being silly, but, like, with the kind of, like, fun, like, a little bit more dramatic, serious edge. A little bit. Just in terms of, like, the messaging and some of the darker stuff that was happening. But then just got silly.
0: Yeah, I, I've, I, yeah, I watched the first two seasons of Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt, and then I watched, I think the first three or four seasons of Thirty Rock, to, and then I couldn't take the silliness anymore, or it was too silly, or something. I don't know. I just, I don't know. I just lost interest. And there's so much TV now that like, you're allowed to lose interest and just pick up something else.
1: True, and it happens a lot. Or you just end up rewatching something that's good a lot. <laughs>
0: yeah, over and over and over again. Like, uh, like I, I do, I, I want to rewatch Harley Quinn, the animated series, because that was just like one of the greatest things I've ever seen. It's like so poignant, so much heart, and then just so like crass and vulgar and ridiculous. And it's basically like if Venture Brothers met like Batman, the animated series, but with the character Harley and and Poison Ivy. And it's just like, so cool what they do with that show i like it's like I, I heard what kevin smith said about it he's like why didn't i think of this this is batman plus cursing and it's like like shh kevin smith shh.
1: why didn't he think of it though
0: <laughs> it's true it's true i don't know he should it's so simple <laughs> yeah yeah i'm like shh don't like you're you're fine you're you're fine <laughs> You have your own universe. You're doing you're doing great. Don't don't worry about um what other people came up with sometimes.
1: Did they do another Jane Silent Bob movie? Did I miss that yeah,
0: already? Uh, reboot. Uh yeah, it came out last year in November and it was thrown up on Amazon Prime over the summer. I don't know if it's still there. Well, you don't have that anyway. I Sorry. Don't. That's that's how I saw it. Um it's very uh it very much reminds you, which is something I've always known is that Kevin Smith is a writer first and a director second. And, you know, a lot of the shots are like, you know, set up are very simple. And, and a lot of things are like, you know, they couldn't get these two actors, three, four actors there. So they shot, they shot them out in a day, but like, you know, they shot around it to make it look like they're all in one giant courtroom scene together when really like, you know, they all shot on different days. Uh, but, uh, you know, there's still, there's a lot of heart to it. Again, it's, he's a writer first, so, like, the script is, like, really fun, um, really silly, tons of cameos, and tons of cameos from characters that you, like, love from the pre, like, all of his movies. So, it's interesting. I, I, like, I wonder, because, you know, grow like, not growing up with, with Kevin Smith movies, but, like, you know, being... Uh, a teenager and in college, when like Jane Silent Bob strikes back, and like all like Chasing Amy and Dogma, and all those movies were coming out, um, and Clerks, too. Uh, you know, kind of like if each one just felt like, uh, like you know, adding to the universe. And this one adds so much with, with so little because it's such a small budget, it's really interesting how he got it all in there.
1: I need to see it. I mean, I I really I very much enjoyed most of his work.
0: Yeah, I, I, honestly, one of my favorites is Clerks the cartoon that was on ABC. Like, oh, I yeah. love that show so much. I can quote probably the entire thing. <laughs>
1: I, I don't think he directed that. He just he just wrote that. I don't think he directed those.
0: Yeah, yeah. The the there was another creator that was deep. Like, you know, anytime someone asks him about that show, he's like, well, that was, that was more this other guy, uh, who's wonderful and who's on, he's on some show right now. The other guy who co-created that with him.
1: Was it, was it Scott Mosher?
0: No, that, that's his, that's his producing partner it... for the old, uh, not Smodcast stuff, but the old VSQ stuff. Was
1: it David Mandel then maybe? I don't know. That
0: sounds right. Yeah. Okay. Uh, well, can you click on him?
1: Yeah. It doesn't actually say who directed the show in, on the...
0: Hmm.
1: So I don't really
0: know. Oh, Veep. That's what David Mandel is doing now. He, he, he's like a writer on Veep. He also wrote the Cat in the Hat movie from 2003. And a bunch of Curb Your Enthusiasm.
1: Okay. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I, I found who directed it, finally. Too. Oh, Nice. Yeah, Mandel was one of the developers, so he helped with the writing and the creation. Uh, Chris yeah. Bailey was the main director.
0: Okay, and there's actually that Clerks pilot they made like in, like, 93 or four or something that I think if you search the internet really, really hard, you can find some of it. Uh, <laughs> but it's a live-action Clerks pilot that they made for, you know, broadcast.
1: Interesting. I've definitely not seen that.
0: Yeah, I haven't either (laughs) but I feel like I should have with yeah I mean Kevin Smith's from New Jersey so it's like uh I don't know there's like a I'm from New Jersey he's from New Jersey it's cool to see uh him build like a, a universe built you know that's all about New Jersey in a
1: way yeah and like and he's just like in so many ways he's just like such a regular dude
0: yeah absolutely
1: I think that's like always. That's always been really cool about it too.
0: Yeah, it's really great. Yeah, he's created so much great stuff that I love so much. And I have the like the steel book case for the trilogy of his first three movies. You know, Clerks, uh, Chasing Amy, and Mallrats, and you know, fits the DVDs nice and snug. And then it has Clerks the cartoon artwork on it.
1: Cool. Yeah, uh, it's really neat. That?
0: Uh, um yeah it's 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 here and then they they made a second one for the bigger boxes of clerks the cartoon the dogma and the dogma i was going to say the dogma 2 D- disc dvd set and another two or three disc dvd set uh what's just oh jane silent bob strike back but like it's just a picture of kevin smith on it it doesn't have any like art on it to say so i never got that uh trilogy box collector Set because they're all made by different studios, so he had to make his own box that he sold at the Secret Stash in Red Bank, New Jersey. So that's where I got that. Yeah,
1: <laughs> nice, that's cool, though.
0: Yeah, yeah. And uh, um, if we can bring it all back, it's a Veep HBO show, boom. Oh, okay, sinner <laughs> sy- synergy, no, uh, symmetry. <laughs>
1: cool
0: yeah so um to wrap it all up i think we'll talk about um the spinoffs i think on a later episode because i think those should all really get their own episode and i feel like tarzan the 2003 wb network show by eric Kirbke should get its own episode <laughs> if we could find that and watch it i don't know if you're down for that
1: yeah that'd be interesting especially since it's so short i'd, I'd be you know i'm down to like even go episode by episode if you want to like really watch Supernatural and go through it, man.
0: Yeah, we could. I think, we could. Um, I don't
1: know if there already is another podcast that goes through every episode, but if there isn't, we could be that podcast.
0: <laughs> that would be great, and you—you made me really want to watch uh, the pilot tonight too. Uh, yeah, that'd be something I have to convince Holly about. It's um, it's really I mean, good. I, can, I, I think Hollywood. I can also we just watch it. it, it she would i mean she loves all of those uh shows you know like all like vampire diaries and all their spin-offs specifically the originals
1: and and,
0: I, and buffy and angel and all that
1: and i think compared to the other like cw shows especially cuz this one started a little bit before uh like they're kind of modern they're they're like more modern slew of popular shows like yeah. i think the acting is a little bit more film quality in general in the show, then I would say a lot of their newer shows are the newer shows have like a more of a TV acting, even like it's still really like, it's still great acting, but it, it's more of that a little overdramatic.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I see what you mean. I think, you know, I watched vampire diaries like behind Holly's shoulder when she's watching it. And I think that, um, I'm just not in love with some of the actors on the show. When some of them I do think are really, really good. Um, but, like, you know, of other shows that I've watched that she watches, like Gossip Girl, for instance, I think, like, um, like the actors are, like, really committing. And they're all, like, just so good at what they're doing on that show in particular. Um, but, yeah, I think it's give and take. Like, I think there's some really good acting going on in the originals. Um I think for me it's just it just really comes down to like the actor if I'm if I, like if i if just the actor is like um doing it for me or not like making me believe their character. I think and like is it it's hokiness too can play a factor can be a, can be a playing factor.
1: <laughs> yeah. I, I agree. I think like the difference is I think one of the biggest differences is that this is one of the few CW shows where most of the cast actually isn't super young.
0: Yeah, like, that's true. They, they have the wherewithal of, of being, well, again, like Roswell's main character, um, the Jason bear, he was in a Buffy episode. He was in a Dawson's Creek episode. So he, he was kind of vetted before he was thrown into his own series as, as the lead. And the same thing with these two leads too, like they were like kind of vetted beforehand.
1: Well, and also they're, they're not, um, the surrounding cast is mostly older, like in a okay. lot of the CW shows. Like the whole cast, or a lot of the surrounding cast, is all still young. They're like That's all very youthful, but like yeah. In this one, it's mainly just the two of them. Like there are some other youthful characters, and like there are characters again recurring characters that come in and kind of last for a season or two, or some that last longer, like Crowley. But Crowley's older. Like the the actor yeah. is older or uh, even um uh Castiel, who they bring in later the again he's still not he's still not his, as young as some of the others like they have their two like sexy leads but so many of these other shows have like five sexy leads <laughs> yeah I and mean, then the cl- the closest you
0: get to older is is parents yes like uh like Kelly Rutherford on Gossip Girl who's like so good on that show uh, and she was she was Dixie Cousins too in The Adventures of Briscoe County Jr. Uh, but yeah, like like the the gravitas of the older performers, I think is is like you, what we were saying before um, is is just really important for these shows. But I think like I guess what you're saying is Supernatural has it more more in spades of these older, more refined actors coming in and kind of grounding the show more in their. Uh, wisdom of acting
1: yeah and one of the other another character gets energies relatively soon um bobby he and he's a much older actor who it's kind of a father figure-esque as well for them um yeah but again also like he he really brings a, a very alternate character who again later on gets his own episodes and stuff like that um and I you I just you really don't get that unlike um, even even if you wanna like go even like cross network for like sh- shows that are are kind of um in the same age range, I guess, or like uh yeah. are are targeted for the same age range. Usually mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, they just usually their whole five or six characters are all just, you know, early twenties very attractive i mean even like even like like something like true blood or again like cross network or or that's not cross network really but you get the idea
0: yeah definitely
1: or wait is that cross network what is true blood on i don't remember now
0: it's, it was on hbo so uh okay I, I, you know i think i think it is wb so it it yeah. is still within the wb silo i guess or the The silo above it that oh, encases the other silos, <laughs> <laughs> something like that
1: well, cool, man. This was fun, uh, yeah, yeah, let me know if you're whatever you want to do the next next episode or uh a uh, next supernatural episode i can as you you've heard me already do i I can talk about it a lot. <laughs>
0: For sure, yeah. We need. We, I mean, we need to talk about backdoor pilots. We need to talk about um, how, like, uh, I believe that Teen Titans made DC canon, uh, or sorry, made Supernatural canon in the DC, like, multiverse. I'm
1: um, I mean, not aware of that. That's cool, though. Yeah. <laughs>
0: yeah i will yeah robin mentions it i mean we could talk about that now too um oh let's save that then, uh, that,
1: that that that's that's a good yeah. i want to learn more about that too on my own <laughs> yeah
0: yeah well definitely <laughs> like we can we can read exactly what he says and parse it out because yeah um yeah nothing else needs to be said about that um yeah, and also the, the, um, when I was saying before, the seven, uh, shows that were carried over from the WB network to the CW were, uh, S- Smallville, Gilmore Girls, Seventh Heaven, One Tree Hill, Reba, and Beauty and the Geek.
1: Interesting.
0: Yeah. And obviously, Supernatural is the seventh. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and i went to high school with a guy who was on the first season of beauty and the geek and i just remember freshman year i saw him he was a senior and i was like that is the geekiest looking person i have ever seen in my life <laughs> i remember thinking that the first time i saw him and then like when i was like as when i was a senior at that high school he was on like the WB network in that first season. I don't, I don't think he won because I looked up like the, the cast and he doesn't show up in like the top seven people. So I don't think he was that important in it, but man, he, he looked like such a geek. I love it. Funny. <laughs> yeah. So, um, that, this has been the AT and WB podcast. Thank you for, uh, thank you for going along this Warner supernatural conversation with us everybody out there uh if you want to rate us rate us 50 70 70 stars on itunes on apple music and on um on uh etsy and (laughs) uh and that was the first random thing that came to my mind i was trying to be more random uh and uh yeah, I have been your host, Chris Booker Taylor, and I have been joined with here. Say your name,
1: Hooks Alex Newman. I said that weird. My my voice decided to die right at that second. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Just like this episode is dying right now. But tune in for another wonderful ATWB episode and another wonderful um like supernatural themed episode. If we keep going down this rabbit hole, obviously it'll probably get spun off into its own thing but right now it's staying right here this is the first supernatural episode this is the best supernatural episode of this podcast i have to say um currently and this is the best uh podcast about warner brothers currently because it's the only one uh so yeah everyone fare thee well and that's all folks roar this has been a full dinosaur production